Next on BYU Sports Nation, the top three candidates for the role of BYU football starting quarterback in 2018. We go two-on-one with quarterback coach Aaron Roderick and receivers coach Fessy Satake to answer that and why Tanner Manga may be in a better spot for the starting job than originally thought. Plus game day for BYU baseball and BYU softball. And what's the chance BYU volleyball goes undefeated in federation play? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Friday, March 16th. Yeah. St. Patrick's Day Eve. Wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with... Pac-12 basketball apologist, Jerem Jordan. I am not, and I want to ignore that immediately. What I want to talk about, Spencer, is that it's BYU spring break. It's one day. It's today. Congrats to everybody on the extra day of whatever, and you go into the week. So, awesome. Yeah. BYU didn't have a spring break for, like, a long time. And then last year they are like, okay, we'll have one day. It's better than nothing. I would have loved a day when I went to school here. Spring break was my mindset, but it wasn't physically what was going on. Oh, spring break was my mindset for about yeah. two months. Yeah, well, eh, about four and a half years for me. <laughs> School got in the way of my education, but I really enjoyed going to BYU. Yeah, did I? I really enjoyed working here. That's what I really did. Did I hurry through a math test and score 40% so that I could get on the road and go to the Mountain West Conference basketball tournament? Yeah. Did I, at the Mountain West Conference uh, tournament, not write a paper and uh, suffer in a class? Maybe. <laughs> As I stated to JW Marriott, maybe. A hey, shout out to the one day spring breakers at BYU. There we go. Rise and shout. It's time for what's trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Oh, the madness takes a temporary backseat to BYU football as we begin our conversation today. Cougar football put together what the coaches called their best offensive performance of the spring yesterday. New offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes enjoyed what he saw, or did he? We did a lot of good things, but we still got a lot of work to do. A lot of little things. I mean, things like we fumbled the ball once today, which we're not going to do at all, and it's unacceptable, so we're not going to put the ball on the ground. So that was the first thing I talked to him about. I think there are still some little things, things like depth of routes, tracks of the running backs, footwork with the offensive line, small things that make a big difference in terms of being able to, to win and lose games. So I think it was our best day yet in terms of practice, um, but we still got a long, long way to go. One fumble is unacceptable. The attention to detail is real with Coach Grimes. Now, is this ideology, Jerem, exactly what BYU football needs following a 4-9 and season? I think the ideology you're referring to is more discipline, more accountability, better culture, that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Here's Let me let you in on a little secret. Come inside. The pendulum swings in two ways with sports in college especially. Great, loose culture, player-friendly. Man, they look relaxed. It looks so fun. That was last year. Didn't work. So it didn't work. Therefore, it swings to the, oh, they brought in the enforcer, the bad cop, discipline, better culture, no fumbles, unacceptable, like more Bronco Mendenhall military-style kind of co- It swung in that, uh, in that way. If BYU starts winning, 
and it loosens up a little bit. Man, they're playing loose. It swings, you know. So it swung this way. Yes is the answer. It's got to be something different, and the difference is accountability. Now, I look at a couple of major college football programs when you explain that pendulum swing, and I think about Nick Saban in Alabama. He is the bad cop, and he implements that throughout his whole staff. But then I look at a guy like Dabo Sweeney at Clemson, and I think, okay, he's more of a player's coach, a fun-loving guy, but even he has an element of discipline. And you have other people to do that. Like yes. Kalani Satake is not the disciplinarian on this team. It doesn't matter who it Jeff is Grimes. or if it's the head coach necessarily. You just need to have balance that way, right? So Yes. Lavelle Edwards was not the bad guy. He was the, the overseer of the program. And then other people were the good cop, bad cop. Heath Troyer was the bad cop for BYU Hoops. He held people accountable. No one wants to really be the bad cop, but you need that person in different organizations. Someone has to hold somebody accountable. Otherwise, it's like in high school when the substitute teacher would show up. You weren't, you weren't focused on the, in the same way. You weren't. You're like, oh, man, I'm mailing it in today. What's been BYU that football? Was, that was my I mean, mindset. You're that right. was my spring break you're mindset. Right. Roger, French, <laughs> Roger French was the bad cop for a long time for BYU football underneath Lavelle Edwards. But you need to have balance. And I think that is being given to BYU football with Jeff Grimes. Too many people want to be liked. Someone has to not care about that. Bad cops are a good thing. Yeah. Well, in sports. <laughs> to me, the biggest storyline of spring ball is who the starting quarterback will be this fall. That's a huge question. Yesterday, yep. quarterback coach Aaron Roderick told us how many quarterbacks are in the race for the starting spot. We started out with, with eight, and today three guys took the bulk of the reps. And uh, so, you know, and when we go into fall camp, we'll – It'll be three, so it doesn't matter how many are sitting in there. There's only enough reps for three guys at the most. You'll hear the full interview coming up later in today's show. Who are your three quarterbacks that he's referring to in this race? The three quarterbacks, and I am using deduction here based on pictures I saw from BYU Photo and oh, you're letting interviews we did and uh, other mitigating factors, but they are Bo Hodge, Bo Hodge. That's right. Joe Critchlow, and Zach Wilson, in terms of the three guys taking the majority of the reps yesterday, that said, Tanner Mangum is in my top three. And you'll hear more on why that is the case when we talk to Aaron Roderick, the OG A-Rod, in just a little bit. So if I had to rank them right now, Bo Hodge is at the top of the list. Tanner Mangum is just behind him, and it's all based on his health. Then there is Joe Critchlow and Zach Wilson is my number four, only because I think BYU wants to redshirt him. If he weren't redshirting, I think he would be the number three guy. But there will be a battle there. And who knows what BYU wants to do with Zach Wilson. I would assume that he's young and they want to kind of ease him in. But I don't know. Maybe he's so good that they're like, uh, let's uh, just throw him out there. Let's see what he can do. If he's a starter, he earns it. That's for sure. In no particular order. Hodge, Mangum, and then it's Wilson versus Critchlow for that number three spot. And I, if Joe Critchlow doesn't win the battle to be in the top three, he's going to start to get buried a little bit. So Joe Critchlow, if he wants a shot, he's got to have a tremendous spring. Zach Wilson may be one of the guys for the future, okay? I don't know if he's the answer immediately. You have a senior Tanner Mangum, a junior Bo Hodge. You probably are leaning towards one of those two. Joe Critchlow was a nice Band-Aid 
Last year, he's got some development to do. Maybe he's part of the future. I'm not exactly sure. But to me, spring ball is not a uh, who's going to be the top three. To me, it's who will be number three in that conversation. Will it be Critchlow or will it be Wilson? And then you have other guys developing. Maybe they play a role in Baylor Romney and Stacy Connor. Where does Jaron Hall fit into this conversation? I think you give him a year after his mission to kind of get his legs under him. You don't want to have to throw in somebody to throw a Hail Mary at Nebraska. Although that did work, luckily. Jeff Grimes is the enforcer for BYU football. BYU basketball's enforcer is now gone to McNeese State. Heath Schroyer officially the head coach at a new school. Gone are the concepts! And one-of-a-kind intensity he brought to the bench. Jerem, what should BYU basketball look for in the new assistant coach they hire? This is an interesting one because if BYU, uh, you know, Keeps the staff as currently constituted and adds one. I'm, I wonder who the bad cop is. Who is the enforcer? Who is the disciplinarian, the accountability guy? Who's running the offense? Who's running the defense? BYU had previously split up those roles, but with Heath Schroyer, he was the de facto head coach. He was the associate head coach. Who's doing that? Do Tim Lacombe and Quincy Lewis get increased roles in some way? Does this new person fit one for one with what Heath Schroyer did? I don't know. Yeah, it's an interesting take because BYU implemented a new enforcer role this year, which they hadn't previously had maybe ever in the Dave Rose era. Can you recall a guy that was as in-your-face as Heath Schroyer no, in the Dave Rose era? He's more intense on the court, yeah. So I would imagine that if they like that ideology that he brought and just the culture that he brought, they'll go look for somebody like that. I don't know who it is. You don't have to have a bad cop enforcer if the players are self-accountable to some degree. And maybe they are more so now because of what Heath Schroyer did. No seniors, the, the, the internal leadership on the team, if that culture is good, you don't have to have someone screaming and yelling a lot. You but don't. you need you just a, do it. You need players to do it. Right. Someone has to be... It doesn't necessarily have others. to be a coach. Right. It can be players. Like, tell me in, in the 2011 Sweet 16 year, who was the enforcer, the accountability guy? It was self-imposed by Jackson Emery, by Jackson Emery and Charles Zabuo yeah. and those kind of guys, right? Like even Lamont Morgan Jr. off the bench in years prior, like was elite. Those guys did it themselves. They didn't need someone else to yell at them. Well, and the enforcer takes on a role of like, oh man, we, we call it bad cop. It doesn't necessarily have to be bad cop. It's, it's just saying, in your face, line. like intense, like let's go. Here's the line. You've crossed it. Come back. Yeah. What, Someone right? to hold you accountable. Now, however they choose yeah. to do that, that's up to them. That's their prerogative. But BYU needs somebody, whether that's a player or a coach, uh, because of what Heath Schroyer did, I would imagine that Dave Rose will look for somebody that brings that type of intensity and accountability factor. I doubt it'll be the same kind of guy, though. Question, well, what, he's, there's only one Heath Schroyer, right? What were you doing at 1.29 a.m.? Uh, 1.29 a.m., I was asleep last night. You know who wasn't? Snow College football head coach Paul Peterson, unless he scheduled the tweet. He tweeted the following at Tom Homel and Kalani Satake. Not too long ago, BYU JV played Snow College. We would like to bring that back. Positives. Develop young men. Return missionaries. Talent. Let young coaches coach. Recruit snow. Close proximity. No cost. Negatives. Zero. Let's make it happen. Do you like the idea of BYU fielding a JV squad to play snow? Absolutely, I like the idea. <laughs> it's more football to watch, right? And he, everything he brings up is true. Like, if BYU football threw out, like, their scout team or the third and fourth stringers, to go play against Snow College, 
I would totally go watch that. Would you not? Could I propose that the spring football game you, this not be, be BYU versus BYU, but this? This? Yeah, this, let's go. And this year it ain't happening. But, I mean, in the future, this would be awesome. BYU used to – the JV squad used to play Ricks. The JV squad used to play, uh, you know, UNLV in the spring or whatever. Like, Steve Young has this story. There's this story about Steve Young where he threw, like, eight touchdown passes against UNLV in a spring scrimmage one time or something. And that's when BYU was like, whoa, this guy could be our guy, and he's really good. What do we hear about all of the time from the players during fall camp and even during spring football? We just want to play somebody else. Well, then do it. We want to play somebody else. This is your opportunity. If the head coach at Snow – is tweeting at one twenty nine in the morning, and whatever. That that's... means he's been thinking about it. Exactly. Or he hadn't thought about it very much, and he was going to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Regardless, okay, wipe that we all... away. Why that verb? Nice. <laughs> Jerome. You said it. Jerome. Anyway, BYU Snow College, I would like to watch that. I'd like for the guys to have somebody to play against that's not their own teammate. Amen. Exactly, Jerem. And maybe you were thinking about this at one twenty nine in the morning no, as you asleep. reviewed your bracket. I was exactly 0.04% of NCAA brackets submitted to ESPN remain perfect. And that's after one day of the NCAA tournament. Therefore, <laughs> we're talking about like six thousand perfect brackets out of millions. Gone is the Final Four sleeper Arizona, blown out by the 13 seed Buffalo Bulls. Easily the biggest shocker of the opening day, Jerem. After that opening round, how busted is your bracket? I lost a Final Four team because I did have Arizona. Yeah. Yeah, so that hurt. I got 12 of 16, which is meh, right? Uh, Didn't have Loyola Chicago. That was a fun one, though. Uh, So kind of busted. I don't like losing a Final Four team on the first day. Yeah, losing a Final Four team on the first day messes a lot of people up. But do you know how many people are with you? Like, Arizona was the sleeper pick for much of the nation to go to the Final Four. Yeah. Albeit I had them losing in the Sweet 16 because I have Virginia winning the national championship. And Virginia. They, and they had to go through Arizona. Did Virginia score enough points? Yes, they have, two, they have yeah. two offensive guys that can score the basketball this year. And, in fact, one of the guys last time is Guy. He's yeah. the guy. What is Virginia averaging points per game, dude? Look they're, at what they, their, their defense, defense gives up. They lock you down. Well, six games of lockdown? So you got 12 out of 16. I went 13 for 16. And we decided that if you have 14, then you're in really good shape. 14 plus, you're in really good shape. You're in a good spot. You're in a good spot. Yeah, going into the night session of the final four games, I was 11 of 12, got beat up a little bit. But I think everybody did, okay? So, yeah, the bracket, I don't know. Send in your gif of how you feel about (laughs) your NCAA brackets right now. Let's make that our question of the day. Whether it's in gift form or verbal form, how would you best describe the status of your NCAA tournament brackets? First tweet, at CL underscore living. My NCAA tournament bracket is on life support. Even a Gonzaga win didn't prevent serious injuries. My doctor has prescribed BYU men's volleyball. Hey, it was good last night. By the way, BYU Athletic Director Tom Hommel replied to Paul Peterson about 
the potential of playing snow. We'll tell you that coming up after the break. But first, quarterback coach Aaron Roderick, where does Tanner Mangum fit in the quarterback race? Like we mentioned, that full interview coming up. BYU Football All Access. We're two-on-one with wide receivers coach Fessy Satake next. How would he define the new BYU offense? He gives us some insight into the mystery. This is is BYU Sports Nation. Triple option? Question mark? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Softball is live on BYU TV tonight for the home debut in a doubleheader against Southern Utah. Watch it live at 6 Eastern time from Miller Park. Welcome back, St. Patrick's Day Eve. BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. The conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN if you'd like to join the party on the west side via the social media machine. How would you best describe the status of your NCAA tournament bracket after round one? That is our Twitter question of the day. At NickLee51 says, on stormy seas but still afloat. If you survive the first round with all of your final four teams, you are still in a position to make a run. It's true. you got to survive that. Okay, uh, we mentioned uh, Snow football coach Paul Peterson tweeting about wanting to play BYU uh, like a BYU-JV team, which that doesn't exist. BYU would just uh, create a team, if you will, uh, that played Snow. Tom Homo, BYU's athletic director, responded. He said, was a great opportunity then, meaning when they used to play those. However, NCAA ruled in 2010 the FBS team can no longer play JC teams with prospective recruits, meaning Snow has some guys potentially that BYU could could get right military academies and fcs teams can still play junior colleges so it can't it can't happen i I didn't think it was realistic but the idea was interesting. No, the idea is i think it's really good and and i like that uh, paul peterson just threw it out there so weber state could play snow what i don't understand is why that is applicable in our day and age i feel like the ncaa is a couple of decades behind this they ruled it in 2010 i just there are so many other things happening that well, yeah. are more significant than worrying about something like this. Well, I, I, I get the perspective recruits angle. For, for example, like you hire a coach to get a recruit. Like, yeah, that's kind of weird, you know? If you Is it, it though? If you want them that bad, then let them hire them so that you can get the kid. I don't really care. Yeah. I don't care. Okay. And then, uh, like, if BYU played snow, does that give BYU a leg up? And getting some of the snow guys. I, We're I not know. saying snow can't play any other college, right? Right, but snow could opt to just play BYU if they want to fund up to them. Yeah, their prerogative. Yeah, but they could they could do some backdoor collusion and dealing you, and wheeling you, if you, they you want. Backdoor right? collusion and wheeling and dealing without playing a game. That's my point. It's like it's still happening whether you play the game or not. Yeah, not at BYU per se, but like. That is my impression of collegiate athletics after all of these new revelations. Just it's going to happen whether you allow games like this to happen or not. So I would vote for just just let them play. Let them play. Not going to happen. But sound like you sound like the old guy in the stands to the refs. Let them play. Well, <laughs> I will be that guy at some point. <laughs> BYU Sports Nation all access at spring football with the new wide receivers coach Fessy Sitake. How would he define the new offense? We ask him, and which remi- a receiver reminds him of himself when he played? Two-on-one at BYU Spring Football. Fessy, I walked into the indoor practice facility, and the first impression I got from one of the coaches was, hey, things are good, and we've got an offense. 
why do you feel like uh, things are progressing so nicely for the BYU offense? I just think um, guys are starting to get confident. Um, Fortunately, we had several weeks of just a kind of walk-through tempo where we were able to get the guys comfortable with verbiage and all the shifts and formations, and that's kind of where the kinks, you know, were, were, were um, ironed out there. Now that we're able to um, to put some pads on, there was a little bit of a, of a lag for the first couple of practices because now you have a body in front of you, right, and you got to focus on technique. So with with a couple of practices going by and and then kind of you know dusting you know brushing the dust off with with. Uh, you know, banging helmets, the guys have really come into their own now. And so I think there's this, this energy and this confidence, and we're starting to see what we could be. We still have a long ways to go, but I think there's been some great signs of progress. Talk about your group in particular, the wide receivers. What do you like from your group so far? Um, today today specifically was the best day I've seen in a long time um, of any of my position groups and just fight and effort. And that's the number one thing I want. And so to me, that's a great sign. There's still so many things we need to um, – polish up technique wise um, but effort is 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 the thing I'm super pleased with and so I'm, I'm really happy with the 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 energy and the effort these guys bring to practice every day um, there's there's a skill set there but like I said we still need to refine some things technique wise I spoke with a couple of you guys and they said look the goal every day is to try and embarrass the other guy across from you and we embarrass <laughs> some guys today are you yeah. cool with that I'm cool with it um, it's if, if it goes both ways that's where I'm cool with it because if you just embarrass embarrass the defense all day uh, you're worried about what your defense is, right? If you get embarrassed as the offense every single day, you're, you're, you're going to be embarrassed about your, your production potentially, right? And so as long as there's some give and take every day, that's a good sign of, of a team that competes and goes back and forth. So I'm fine. I'm fine with uh, other people getting embarrassed, <laughs> not our position group, though. So. Balance is good sometimes, Balance right? Is good. Yes, yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, who reminds you of you out there as a former wide receiver yourself? The one that doesn't play at all. So <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, um... That's a hard question. Stylistically, is there somebody? Stylistically, um, the one I wish I was like is Aleva. Aleva was a lot like me. I'm a slot receiver, or I should say I, I wish I played a little bit more like him. But he's kind of the one. He's, he's, he's got some quickness to him. He's got a good feel for the game. Um, but maybe that's a bad thing, too, because I'm extra hard on him. So. <laughs> A lot has been said about uh, the culture change and the culture shift that uh, the BYU coaches are trying to implement for the team this year. From the time that you have gotten here as an assistant to now uh, a week or so into spring ball, what have you noticed about that culture shift? Uh, players are um, expecting to be held accountable. Um, and that's not to say, you know, what, whatever's happened, but we as a coaching staff put a premium on. Anytime we feel something's being done that is not going to be pleasing, it's got to stop right there right now. And we're not going to wait for time to go by. we, we got to get on it right away, whether it's calling the guy, um, whether it's calling him in to meet, meet in our office, whatever it is. And I think the players are starting to get a sense of, you know what, um, some things that – our whole life we may have been able to get away with. We're not going to get away with, you know. And so, um, fortunately, they're all buying in. And the guys who don't are going to weed themselves out. But I don't think we've had to deal with any of that, you know, recently. So, What's the experience like going from being an offensive coordinator, worrying about the entire offense, to worrying about a specific position group, uh, wide receivers in this game? It's kept me um, – it's made me have to be real focused because I find myself um, almost teaching the wideouts about – protections and and where to s slide the protection to and safety rotation i'm like hold on no this is quarterback stuff right <laughs> these guys don't care about that they don't need to know what the o-line is doing right here and so it's really made me hone in on just the wide receiver play 
um, which is which is a huge passion of mine, right? It's what I played and I love it, and so it's it's brought me back home and made me just able to focus on all those just small intricacies of the wide receiver position. So I've loved every minute of it. It was a change just because I was used to just seeing everything and having to manage, and now I can just focus on my guys and my position, and it's been fun. How much can you tell us about the new style of the BYU offense? Um, I can tell you that uh, it is extremely, um, extremely uh, multiple. Um, there's, uh, there's a ton of shots. You're going to see some explosive offense, I think. You're going to see some smash mouth football. You're going to see some, some flair. You know what I mean? I, I, I just think everything you see in a good offense out there, I think you're going to see a glimpse of that in ours. And, and some people hang their hat on one thing, whether it's no huddle or whether it's wing T, triple option, whatever it is. We like to hang our hat on being able to do so many things so many different ways. Well, Corbin Kafusi said that when he found out that Jeff Grimes was going to be the offensive coordinator coming from LSU, he said, also, they're going to confuse the crap out of us. <laughs> yeah, but Jeff Grimes has done a great job at taking what he really loved at LSU um, and, and implementing that here, but allowing everyone else to bring in what's made them successful. Right? And I think that's why we're all so invested and excited as coaches and as players because there's a bit of each of us in this offense, and it starts with him being able to manage these conversations about who we want to be and how we're going to operate in the offense. And so it's been, it's been a great learning experience for me on, on how to – kind of put an offense together so he's done a great job there have been a few coaches i can't remember if you're one of them i'll ask you now but uh that have said you know what we don't really want to watch much of of last year's film um it, it and you just want to i guess gauge what you can see out here is that yeah i i was one of those guys but not to a point where it was just i don't lay a single eye on film i did watch things just from a personnel standpoint um but a lot of times you don't know what 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 um standards these guys you know are upheld to and what what their expectations were and and you know whatever it is and so i just looked at it just strictly from a uh, skill set right and is this guy fast what's his strong suit and all that stuff so i didn't watch a ton of film i was one of those guys who just want to see what they can do and i'm starting to figure that out who who those guys are so what is the strong suit of your position group what do they do best um like i said i think it's fight and effort i've been really pleased with just with with their willingness to fight through fatigue and 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 when things get tired they're still trying to fight through and so technique i told them if i if you if you guys make a mistake technique wise i can work with that but we better be smart we better know our offense exactly what we're doing our assignment and we better give effort in every single thing we do my job is to continue to work with that technique and so that's what i've been pleased with. i think that's the strong suit right now is smart guys so who are working hard all right the other coach satake <laughs> Or should we, we say, want to call him the other or should one? should we say the number one coach to tackle? <laughs> when, when, when Kalani's not around, you can call me that. <laughs> when he's with me, then you can call him that. I'll just have my fingers crossed. We'll keep that between us. So. All right. Coach, thanks so much. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Take, the BYU receivers coach with his two-on-one BYU spring football. I love that he mentioned that, look, I can make, I can make the adjustments if you do something wrong technically when we're looking at the film, but I cannot force you to try hard or to give me all of your effort. And as much as they encourage guys to get in the film room and learn the offense and know the offense and the ins and outs of it, they can, they can only do so much. Like you have to have the, I guess the drive personally to go and do those things. And yes. that's what he's trying to instill into his players. If BYU had had more of that last year, they would not have lost to UMass and East Carolina. Truth. They could have, BYU could have gone to a bowl game with a little more heart last year. This year, BYU goes to a bowl game if they have that. 
And that's what Jeff Grimes is instituting. That's not just a Fessy Satake thing. That is sure. from the offensive coordinator What's the down. whole coaching staff? How do you summon the best out of a player? That's a great coach. You, you maximize the talents of the team you have. And I'm excited about this receiver group because they bring in some guys that they think can make a difference, too, including your boy, Gunnar Romney. Hey, Jeremy, you called volleyball last night. Coming up, what's the chance the Cougars go undefeated in Federation play? Like that's- got UCLA and Pepperdine. Assuming the top thing. two still on the schedule. Where are my blue goggles? Here they are. They're tattooed on your face, bro. 100%, Jerem. This is BYU Sports Nation. Listen to Cougar Baseball tonight on BYU Radio at 8 Eastern and watch it on BYU TV tomorrow at 3 Eastern as the Cougars continue the series against LMU. Great to have you with us on a Friday. Sports friends, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in Radio Vision. Live on BYU Radio, national simulcast on BYU TV. We are on demand anytime, anywhere you can manage to engage with the program. Time now for our headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. The second week of BYU spring football in the books. Yesterday, the team padded up and played in a live physical scrimmage format. Head coach Kalani Satake, what did you think about it? We had a lot of good tackling. I mean, half the practice was, was with tackle, and so even our skelly was. And so uh, I'm really happy with, the, with the, how the guys responded to the physical part of the game. And we'll just assess our injuries from there and, and uh, try to do it again um, a couple more times before we get to the spring game. Good to hear the pads hit. <laughs> yeah, the uh, sound effect from Madden Football 94 comes to mind. <laughs> yes, more of that. Blue, blue, red! And some of the quarterbacks were... Uh, in live action, too, could be tackled, which is good. And Klein Stocky said, it's funny how quickly the ball gets out. Yes, when, uh, when the rush is real. Yeah. Oh, I like it. Yeah. Former Cougar associate head coach Heath Schroer is officially the new head coach of the McNeese State Cowboys. By the way, uh, BYU football hosts McNeese State this year. Heath Schroer is trying to come back for that one. <laughs> this will be Schroer's fourth Division One head coaching job. So congrats to Heath. He gets another head coaching job. They've been kind of a work in progress, so hopefully he can – Take them, uh, take them to the dance at some point. Concepts! Well-deserved. Going to be yelling that. Yes, he will. We know this. Second-ranked BYU men's volleyball beat USC last night in four sets to remain perfect in MPSF play. The Cougars have won 13 straight matches. 13! Gabi Garcia-Fernandez continues to shine in his freshman season. Really low set to Rivera, dug up by the Cougars. Durkin, high for Fernandez. There he is. Gabi Garcia-Fernandez. He led the Cougars last night with 14 kills, five aces, and seven digs. He has five aces in back-to-back matches. He's on fire right now from the service line. BYU Baseball versus LMU was suspended yesterday in the middle of the sixth, tied 4-4 due to weather. They will resume play tonight at 6 Eastern. You can listen to that exclusively on BYUCougars.com and the BYU Cougars app. And then Game 2 starts at 8 Eastern on BYU Radio and the BYU Radio app. So Game 1 of the series resumed this afternoon, game two tonight. BYU opening up conference play. This is big. They need to win their opening series in WCC play uh, to keep things rolling. And they are looking for a fifth consecutive win. So good luck to BYU baseball. Uh, Jerem, what's the chance that uh, you watch some NCAA basketball today? BYU Sports Nation asks... What's the chance? Presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. And yes, it is 100%. We will be watching basketball. Can in you our imagine office. not doing that at all? No, today? no. I was reminded of just how much I love that. Anyway. 
Yes. Jerem, what's the chance that Ben Bagley will bring in the voice and narrate this for us? I'm not even going to answer that. I'm not going to talk. I'm just going to mouth the words. (laughs) Start with the first one. What's the chance we heard? Well, first, we heard Jeff Grimes' comments earlier in the show. What's the chance BYU has less than eight fumbles lost this upcoming season? I have no idea. I'm going to go with a not available. I have no clue. You You, got to put a number to it. No, I don't. I just have to say, uh, oh, yeah, you're right. What's the chance? I don't know. 50%. I don't know. I have no idea. They had eight last year. They have the same running back, essentially, coming back this year. You hope fewer because Jeff Grimes is – but what team is like, you know what, we're going to have an emphasis on turnovers. We want to cough it up. Every team doesn't want to turn it over. I get it. But Jeff Grimes saying – what was the exact phrase? Uh, One is unacceptable. unacceptable. It won't happen again. Fewer. It's like it won't happen again in practice? 100% fewer? I don't know. Okay, fumbles happen, right? Yeah. But can BYU have less than eight fumbles lost? Man, against that schedule? You fumbled it 13 times but only lost eight, by the way. lose eight. What's, what's a good metric? I mean, is like a half a fumble a zero game? Zero is yeah, the best I, metric. I know zero is the best, but like what? If you protect the ball well, like what's a good number? Like you fumble the ball once every three well, games? Well, I don't know. How many fumbles did LSU have? Ah, yes. Maybe that's where we should He was look. the line coach. He's not directly in charge While of While you look that but... up, I will give you... 75% chance BYU fumbles the ball less than eight times, or at least have eight fumbles given away. Okay? Yeah! They dropped it 13 yeah! times. They lose eight. <laughs> I think they will do a better job because of the the attention to detail within that. Okay, you ready for this? I'm ready for this. What did LSU do in terms of fumbles? They fumbled 10 times. How many did they lose? Four. Four. That's it. So half. Of what BYU had. In, they played uh, 13 or 14 games. So that's, I, that's well, essentially one, a, one game I thought was, was canceled, right? Okay, so they played 12 games? Regardless, that's a fumble once every three games given up. That's pretty good. They, they played 13 in the end. Yep. Even less than that. All right, I like it. 75% okay, okay. chance Jeff Grimes impacts that for the better. Mm. Number two. What's the chance BYU offensive line coach Ryan Pugh will have to do extra honeydews after going to work yesterday? Okay, there's a story here. Let's explain. There's a backstory. Ryan Pugh just had his pew, pew. first baby, okay? But he's dedicated to the craft. So a few hours after he's up all night helping the his baby wife. was born at 3 a.m. Okay, 3 a.m., He's at work for the first padded scrimmage of spring football. And that practice started at about 9 a.m., I want to say. (laughs) Okay, who made the greater sacrifice, Ryan Pugh for his sleep or his wife allowing Ryan Pugh to go to the practice? Wife for having the baby. There's no question. (laughs) So what's the chance he has to do more honeydews? I want to go 0%. I bet his wife gets it. I bet she gets that it's part of the deal. I, I don't know that I would have been bad. Like, you and I, both our wives are having children this summer. I'm not going to be around for a few days. <laughs> and by a few, I mean several after that happens. Not the same kind of urgency, I suppose. What if there's some huge breaking news, Jerem? I'm not going to be here because I'm going to help my <laughs> wife with that kid, man. Sorry. I just feel differently personally. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Uh, I think it's a small chance. There might be some emotion that comes out when she's angry at some point. Like, you 
left he, to go to football practice. He wouldn't have left if she didn't want him to. I know. It's all good in the moment. It, probably, it's all, good, right? it's all good in the moment. I'm just saying, like, when tempers flare, then it, sometimes you go back to those things, right? If mom-in-law's there, the dad has no purpose. <laughs> Let's be honest. Number three. What's the chance that PGA Tour player Tony Finau dented the walls of the IPF yesterday? He hung out with the women's golf team. Tony Finau, Utah. Like the greatest Polynesian golfer of all time. He is the longest driver. He almost played at BYU. He's the longest golf ball driver on the PGA Tour right now. So the question is, did he hit into the wall or did he hit into the net? I'm guessing that it's 0% that he dented a wall because I would assume that his accuracy is pretty good. Oh, yeah. No, his aim is on. he's He's not slicing one to the right into the wall, into the brick. He's Tony Finau, man. No, yeah. there's a better chance that he actually hit a target 350 yards away than he yeah. dented a wall. Well, that's what I'm saying is he hits long enough that maybe he hit to the other side and dented walls to the other side of the okay, ice. Okay, so well, maybe, maybe it's an imperfection. Barrier. Maybe it's an imperfection in the net. If if they put up the net and the net was up in that picture, I don't think he dented the wall. <laughs> but you're right. He could have launched one from end to end for sure. Cool that he's on campus with the women. Yeah, very team. cool. And they're rolling, coming he's, up a big win. He and Dale Murphy are the greatest almost cougs of all time. Who else is in that list? We need to think about Jabari that. Parker. Number four. What's the chance that BYU men's volleyball goes undefeated through Federation play? Okay, four matches left. Concordia, Irvine, Grand Canyon. Win, BYU win. Win those. And then you go at UCLA at Pepperdine. Okay. But you end with the toughest two road matches. I think it's like 80%, dude. I, wow, that high. BYU just, they, BYU's won at Ohio State. They won at Hawaii. They're they're a better road team than they are home, frankly. Because they can serve the heck out of the ball Yes, on yes. the coast. Brendan Sander talked about that yesterday. They feel more confident when they're playing on the coast. I'm calling my shot. I'm going 100%. BYU's going Oh, 100% now up from 80. BYU's doing it. BYU's got this nice string against UCLA. Pepperdine's a really good team, too. It took five at home, but BYU's going to serve the heck Do out. Do you want these? No, because BYU's ain't no, so it's not that blue goggle. To win on the road at UCLA and at Pepperdine? You always won like three in a row or something at UCLA. <sighs> okay. Hey, I like your brash confidence, man. I say 75%. It's not brash. It's I founded I was in rationale. High. I thought I was hype. 100% is never founded in rationale. There ain't no. They won 100% already. <laughs> Which BYU team played 25 games away, but they're back tonight for the first time. And the quarterback's coach at BYU, Aaron Roderick, tells us what he expects in the quarterback race including where Tanner Mangum fits into this coming off an Achilles rupture. What's the Chance is brought to you by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU softball is live on BYU TV tonight for the home debut, a doubleheader. Against Southern Utah starts at 6 Eastern time, Cougars and T-Birds. In the words of the great Ernie Banks, let's play two. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. Our daily rebroadcast on weeknights, BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. Send in your responses to the Twitter question. How would you best describe the status of your NCAA tournament brackets after the first round? BYU football in the spring put together their best offense performance yesterday. Those, the words of the coaches collectively. And we spoke with the new quarterbacks coach, Aaron Roderick, about how he's juggling the seven guys in the quarterbacks room right now. We are two-on-one, all access. With the OGA rod once again. 
We had you in Studio <laughs> B last time. <laughs> now right. we got you in the IPF after spring football. Um, through about a week into practice, what, what kind of emotions are you dealing with as a coach as you assess what you have on the field? Um, just enjoying the process. You know, I, I, uh, I learned from Coach Edwards a long time ago. He used to say that his favorite time of year was spring ball and watching the team, you know, go from square one and and uh, learn everything that we're trying to do and then come together. And so each day you see little improvements, and it's fun to watch that happen. What's it like to manage the room right now with so many guys who's trying to whittle it down to some formation of who's in the mix? Yeah, it's not, it's not, the number's not quite as big as maybe some think. I mean, we started out with, with eight, and today three guys took the bulk of the reps. And uh, so, you know, and when we go into fall camp, we'll, it'll be three. So it doesn't matter how many are sitting in there. There's only enough reps for three guys at the most, and eventually it has to get down to two because even the, in the season, the third guy that can't, can't get hardly anything. So you, you want the starter to get the majority and the backup guy will get a little bit, and the third guy just has to be ready to play without much. There were clear elements of gamesmanship from coaches in not wanting to give too much away about the offense, especially a new offense. Uh, at this point, with that in mind, how would you describe what BYU's offense is? The best way I can describe it without giving away too much is that we want to be multiple in terms of our formations, the personnel groups that we use, and in our tempos. So we are a team that, you know, we don't have a million plays, but it might look like we do. And um, we're a team that can be physical and impose our will on you, and we can do it fast or slow. So it, it's uh, it's... You know, but I would say multiplicity is is the most descriptive word. We're trying to use every weapon we have and uh, use the whole field. How much of uh, what happens in spring ball will determine the pecking order or hierarchy, specifically with the quarterbacks going into fall camp? Um, it has everything to do with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, every single day, every rep matters, and that's one. I'm trying to drive home a sense of urgency that every single thing we do out here is being evaluated. Everything is filmed. You know, we'll go in right now and watch, and we'll grade every everything. So, um, yeah, it matters, and we'll come up with a, some sort of order going into fall camp directly from the film that we're gathering right now. From day one of your coaching tenure at BYU when you got hired to this point, where do you feel like the team has improved the most? Um, improve the most probably just, you know, I think, I think the, gosh, that's a hard question. I think what I've seen is, is, uh, guys just really buying into what we're doing. I can't really speak too much about what it was like before, but I just, I feel like when we first got here, you know, there was a look on some guys' faces, like they weren't sure about what was going on and, you know, change can be hard on the guys and, I see now a group of guys that are completely bought in. I don't think there's one kid on this offense that isn't believing in what we're doing. I think everybody's all in. And, you know, if you've got that, then you've got a chance. What was in question for those who were kind of confused, I guess, and what you were trying to put in? Well, I can't – I don't know. I don't know exactly what they were thinking, but I'm sure it's just tough. You know, you're, you, when you're a college football player, like Tanner Mangum, for example, this is his third different offense. He's – third different coordinator that's just one guy but there's a bunch of other guys that are on their second or third position coach in their career here and and 
um, you know, that's not easy. It's, it's, that's hard. So you have to, you have to adjust and adapt, but, um, I've seen the guys now they're believing and they they understand what we're trying to do. And we had a lot of good plays in today on the field where, you know, the guys are executing the plan and you can see the belief in the group. You bring up Tanner Mangum specifically and what he's had to go through with different coordinators and handling different offenses. Uh, how do you feel he's handling the situation that uh, you're throwing in with Jeff Grimes? He's doing a good job. He's actually doing more than we expected. So, I, you know, before spring ball, we were told that it was probably going to be just, uh, you know, throw some routes against air, you know, just and it was going to be like really light drops. And and uh, he's actually um, taken seven on seven reps. He took a few team reps today against the scout team defense. Um, he's. Uh, throwing a lot more than we thought he was going to be able to throw, and he's throwing it really well. Um, you know, he knows that he's in a full-blown competition and nothing is going to be handed to him, and I've been pretty tough on him about um, increasing his professionalism as far as his off-the-field stuff, like studying the game, knowing the offense inside and out, uh, studying opponent defenses and and really understanding defenses better. Um so he knows he's in the competition, and the hard part for him is he doesn't get to take these team reps. So the other guys, and they're all new in this offense, so he doesn't have a leg up on anybody. In fact, he's going to be playing catch-up you know, in some, in, in some ways in the fall. He's got to catch up to the other guys because he'll be 15 practices behind in terms of full-blown 11-on-11 reps. So I try to make up for it with the 7-on-7 stuff, but it's not the same as when there's a pass rush in your face. Sure. Will he have to try and break into those three, like you mentioned, going into fall, just because he doesn't have the same amount of reps full go? Um, we'll see, but I, th- I think I th- he'll be one of the three. I think it. I see it more like a three-man race to be the two guys to compete with him, but it's definitely not going to be a case where we go into it where he's number one and the other two guys are trying to catch up to him. He'll be one of three. Um, now, if the other three guys just light it up the rest of spring, yeah. and I, I reserve the right to change my mind about that. But, <laughs> um, but I think Tanner's done enough good things at BYU that, you know, he deserves a right to be get, get opportunities in the fall and show us if he can be our starting quarterback. When you inherit, I mean, statistically speaking, an offense that struggled mightily, um, the challenge of that – and I, and I gather this from some of the other coaches, is kind of a, a fun one to be like, okay, hey, it wasn't good, but we feel like we can, we can make it good. How have you approached the challenge that is turning this thing around in year one? Really haven't even thought about anything that happened before. And we were, we, we've made a, Coach Grimes was clear from the beginning about don't even think about the past, don't watch any film of the past. Like, we didn't watch any film didn't affect our uh you know we told every player you truly have a clean slate so if you're a good player in the past it it should show up again and if if you maybe didn't have success in the past you've got an opportunity now and so we really don't even think about that stuff all we're thinking about is what we're doing and trying to get everybody on the same page and everybody to execute our plays and and anything that ever happened before good or bad has no bearing on what's happening now do you ever yell you seem like a pretty even keel guy. <laughs> you haven't heard me out here. Yeah, I, I can lose it and get pretty loud. I, I um, had a uh, 
former player of mine that played with Fessy at Southern Utah that was here yesterday, and he was telling the guys a story about me going off on him a long time ago, and I, I didn't even remember it, but, yeah. Clearly I, he I remembered can, it. Yeah, I can raise my voice when the time is right. All right. And the time's not right right no, now. No, it no, it's not, not right, right now. We do not want it's you to raise key. your voice here. I hope we just need to get the graphic up of the OG A Rod. Are you OG, cool? Are you cool? OG. We do that. Yeah, that's fine. All right. Yeah. Okay, we'll do that. Thanks, Coach. Okay. Good, good talking to you guys. Aaron Roderick, the quarterbacks coach at BYU, revealing some things about Tanner Mangum and his status, where he fits into the mix. So essentially, uh, recapping the the biggest nugget there, in my opinion, three man race for two spots, plus Tanner Mangum comprised of three going into fall. Interesting. Hey, coming up, why BYU baseball's game ended in a tie last night? There's no ties in baseball. What? And how's your bracket looking? More of your responses next. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Thanks to today's interviewees, wide receivers coach Fessy Satake and quarterbacks coach at BYU Aaron Roderick. Before we wrap the show, some breaking news concerning BYU men's volleyball. Nebraska women's volleyball announces they have hired BYU assistant coach Jalen Reyes as a new assistant for the Cornhuskers. Reyes will finish the season with BYU men's volleyball, then join the Nebraska staff. So Lucas Slabe to USA Women's after the season. Jalen Reyes to Nebraska. Congrats to those guys. Yeah, some good moves up. Those are those are nice moves. Those me. guys have worked really hard. Nebraska is one of the it premier women's programs. It moves down there. The country. BYU. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're really happy for you. BYU sports on the air this weekend, including softball doubleheader tonight at six Eastern. Followed uh, 30 minutes after the completion of game one, we'll have the second of that, and then BYU baseball tonight to uh, finish it up a game and a half. Game one, and then they'll play game two. <clears throat> And Today's, then game three tomorrow at 3 Eastern on BYU TV. It's league play. It's Let's important. Go. Today's Rise and Chat brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help. When you need the most, DexterLaw.com. It was to Gabby Garcia-Fernandez. Five aces last night. 14 kills, seven digs. Woo! Second game in a row he's gone five aces. Okay, that's un- that's unbelievable. Shit, right? Our elite tweet of the day is nothing. Is nothing. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use hashtag BYUSN. The show's on demand on BYUSN.com. I was going to say it's the Steve Harvey gif of clapping somebody that's happy about their own bracket, but whatever. Hopefully you survive today. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Heath Schroyer. BYU Sports Nation, back at it on Monday.